Burn away. Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles, The Next Generation. I am Papa Doc Kolick. Oh, jeez. <laughs> As good as anything. And with me, my lovely cohort, the blonde bombshell herself, Ann Kerrigan. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, number 35. Mm-hmm. We're this close to our three-year anniversary. Last poor Yay! Yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yes. yeah, you having a tough time with uh, Europe like over there? Anyway. <laughs> I think he has more hair than I do. We are here in the insane asylum. I thought it was morgue. But anyways, well, we're in the morgue, insane asylum, autopsy room, whatever whatever you prefer. Anyway. <laughs> so, if you're crazy enough that you would actually like this show played in your town, you can go where in? Uh, if your access facility is a member of Tellview Connect, uh, they can download our show anywhere in the United States. If they are, are a member of that uh, organization. So Anywhere in the United States. Call them up and say, I want Ghost Chronicles. Right. So <laughs> if you live in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and you belong to Teleview. Teleview. You can, yeah, whatever. Teleview. You can uh, see us. What is that behind us? What? Oh, I, that's our little uh, little baby pumpkin man. Isn't he awesome? That's scary. Yeah, I love him. He's uh. on my. He's been on my desktop for uh, all of October. Mm-hmm. And in case anybody has wondered, uh, you know, this is our Halloween show, our annual Halloween show. We don't always. I look thought like it was this. Christmas. <laughs> it's already in the stores. We can do this again at Christmas. It's just fine. It's already in the stores. I figured we'd just uh. push it up a month early uh, or something. God, or whatever. I can't stand it. I know it's irritating. Uh. It's a nightmare before Christmas. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Anyways. one of my favorites, and uh, someone may be talking about that later on. Really? Maybe. Ooh. Maybe. Okay. So. Because you and I are actually going to go to the nightmare before Christmas. We are. With Leslie. Oh. Are we? I don't know. Our good friends Josh and Chantel. Oh. <laughs> are getting married, right? Yes, they are. And so we want to wish them best luck. And uh, their theme, though, is it's their little card and everything is kind of the night nightmarish before Christmas. Nightmare before Christmas themed yeah. wedding. How do you like that? So that's, I like that. I know you so, would. And we get to dress up, and you know how much we love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know how women do this. They get all this crap over their face. Dan's making me up. I mean, this is, by the way, if you were looking for a face painting, where could they get it in? Oh, fabulousfacepainting.com. Fabulous Facing. Or uh, find me on Facebook. There you go. Shameless plug. There you go. Shameless plug. So I can anyway. do a better job than that. He's really squirmy. He wouldn't sit still. He's worse than any kid. And uh, he whines the whole time. 
So I just have to say. I don't know how any woman could do this. (laughs) Honest to God, put this crap in their face. It's like, you know, it's like walking in high heels. Trust me. I've tried that before, too. Really? Never mind. Let's see another story. story. So anyway, speaking of cemeteries. (laughs) Yes, speaking of cemeteries, we do have a cemetery tripping. And if uh, Russ could queue up, we're going to Salem. Get out. Yeah. I'm going to Salem Saturday. Time of year. Mm. Maybe. Cemetery tripping. Cemetery tripping. We're almost there. There it comes, I think. We love cemetery. All right, we could sing. I don't know. I don't know. Are we having technical... Welcome to Cemetery Tripping, where I will feature a different cemetery in each episode that I hope you will seek out and enjoy as much as I do. As an avitaphophile, or lover of tombstones, I spend a lot of time in the local New England area in the beautiful and historic cemeteries we have here. The stones here are like no others, and I have literally thousands of pictures of the intricate and symbolic carvings found on them. You can see my pictures on Facebook by doing a search for Cemetery Tripping. Salem, Massachusetts may be home to the Witch Trials, but it is also a historic and lively seaport town. It also boasts many amazing cemeteries which chronicle the lives of its legendary residents. Begun in 1801, Howard Street Cemetery is the third oldest cemetery in Salem, laid out along a long and narrow street lined with 19th century houses. It hosts the final resting places of many of the city's East India merchants and sea captains, revolutionary war heroes, and the family of author Nathaniel Hawthorne. It was one of three cemeteries significant to the 1692 witch trials. The cemetery is located beside the former Howard Street Jail, which was built in 1812 to replace the former dungeons where those accused of witchcraft were imprisoned. It is said to be where Giles Corey was taken to be pressed to death, a torture chosen because he refused to stand trial. His wife, Martha, was also arrested on charges of witchcraft. It has long been rumored that Corey placed a curse on Salem and its sheriff during his torture by shouting, Damn you! I curse you and Salem! at the sheriff before he died. Four years after Corey's death, Sheriff Corwin suddenly died of a heart attack at just 30 years old. Local legend suggests that Corey not only cursed Corwin, but every Salem sheriff since 1692. This unfortunate legacy seemed destined to continue until the curse was broken when the sheriff's office moved from Salem to the new prison in Middleton in 1991. Locals also believe Corey's ghost still haunts the area around the cemetery and that his ghost is often seen before and after a terrible event happens in the town. Even author Nathaniel Hawthorne wrote that at a stated period, the ghost of Giles Corey, the wizard, appeared on the spot where he suffered as the precursor of some calamity that was impending over the community, which the wizard came to announce. The ghost was spotted in 1914, shortly before the Great Fire of Salem, which started on Gallows Hill and destroyed a third of the city. Curiously, Giles' wife, Martha, was hung on Proctor's Ledge, located directly behind where the fire started. If you decide to visit Howard Street Cemetery, you will not find the graves of Giles and Martha Quarry. 
Although there is a marker in the Salem Witch Memorial which bears his name, they were ultimately laid to rest on their homestead on Crystal Lake in West Peabody, finally at peace, far from the streets of Salem. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed our cemetery tripping. Ron, what are you doing looking in a the mirror there? No, uh, stare down. <laughs> stare, uh, stare in contact with the uh, dead person? The, it's a skull. He's not dead. He's just... Uh, so I thought flesh, that was... Fleshly challenged. Oh, uh, yeah. So that was an interesting story, I thought, about the uh, curse on the sheriff's department. Yeah. I knew, I knew one of the sheriffs, you know. I, yeah? Yeah. Which, which one? Uh, Bob Cahill. He was mm-hmm. the one who ended up writing all the ghost stories. Right. And Brian, the monk who I originally worked with, uh, ended up having a conversation with him after he was dead. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Telephone call from the dead. Telephone call from the dead. Cal, where are you? Oh, I know, right? So anyways, you know, the skull could be haunted. It could. But it isn't. Probably not, since I bought it at Michael's or something. Okay. <laughs> Oh, you never know. I mean, Toys R Us are haunted. It's in my book, Ghost Today. Ah, mm. well, we're going to be visiting Ghost Today. Later. In a few minutes. Okay. But right now, yeah. uh, we thought we would talk about haunted objects. Oh, how apropos. What a great lead. Oh, thank you. There you go. Good and job. the first haunted object that I wanted to talk about this evening uh, was a haunted object that was owned by my sister-in-law, Terry, and dead? her husband, Bill. She did? No! Oh, okay. No, she doesn't have the haunted object anymore, and that's that's the uh, part of the story that I wish I could show you a haunted object, but she no longer has it because okay. they didn't like it because it was haunted. So, here's the story of my sister-in-law, Terry's. i got to put on my old lady glasses, and I'm going to tell you about it. So, in uh, 1982... Uh, Terry and Bill bought their house in Hanson, Massachusetts, and everything was fine. They'd never had any experiences there until her husband, Bill, brought home a box of antique quilts and doll clothes Mm. in 1984. He worked for a company that repaired tractor trailers, and there was a moving company truck with one lone box left in it, and the company said that they could throw it out. Bill opened it, and inside were two antique quilts made from different men's shirts and one that was made from women's dresses. There were labels in each bag with the names of the people and the dates as well. The dates were from the early 1800s. There was also a bag of doll clothes, so he brought home the whole box, hoping to give the clothes to our daughter for her dolls. Being that uh, their children were toddlers at the time, she told Bill to put it in the basement and she would get it later. The next morning, as she was feeding the children, she heard a loud thud from the basement. She went down cautiously and saw that the box had fallen from the shelf it was on and was sitting on the library upright. It was as if someone took it off the shelf and slammed it on the floor. Apparently, it needed to be looked at immediately. I knew there was an aura about that box, but strangely, I wasn't afraid. Of the three quilts, one was so fragile and tattered that it had to be thrown away. The other two I gave away to neighbors who had never had any spirit visits, so the ghost must have decided she liked it at our house, or the spirit was attached to the doll clothes, as some of our experiences were very childish. 
Shortly after we have a, started having our experiences, my daughter, who was four, told me that she saw a lady or girl looking in her room at her, and she wasn't afraid. She said it made her feel happy. Next, on another night, I went in to uncover her because I felt she would be too warm with both the blanket and the comforter on her. But when I went in, the comforter was pulled back from corner to corner, and the sheet and blanket was still tucked in tightly. There was no way she could have pushed back the top layer herself without disturbing the other bedding. Babysitters became hard to keep as they all experienced, it, experienced from time to time the sound of someone running across the floor upstairs. After going to check on the children, they would be fast asleep in their beds. Guests staying at our house to watch the children had visits as well. My sister-in-law felt someone watching over her as she slept in our bed and woke to see a woman standing there. When she turned on the light, it was gone. The lamp on my dresser would go on and off by itself, and I finally gave the lamp away, and the new owner never had anything happen to her. As the children grew, there were instances of footsteps coming up from the basement and no one there, footsteps on the main stairs and across the hallways as well. My daughter's dresser drawers had a distinctive squeak, and they could be heard opening and closing when there was no one upstairs. Her drum would be played in her closed closet, and the closet light would go on and off by itself. When my daughter was a teenager, she went to the now-finished basement playroom to take a phone call, leaving her boyfriend in the living room. No one else was home. So Joe came down the stairs and walked past Sarah and went out the basement door. Sarah never looked up, but assumed it was Joe. When she went back upstairs, Joe was still on the couch and said he had never left it. <laughs> we moved out in 2001 and have never found out if the new owners had any visits. Also, in addition to this story, is no dog that they owned would ever go downstairs. Uh, and after all this time, they still want to go back and ask the new owners if they've ever had any experiences in the house. So that all that happened after they brought those items into so the So why is it a haunted quilt? Uh, well, because she used to keep the quilt. I'm sorry, I guess that was not part of the story. She kept the quilt on a quilt rack in her bedroom. Oh... And finally, she got rid of it. Mm. So The bedroom was the quilt rack. The quilt and the house. Mm. That'll do it. <laughs> they finally moved out. So that's my haunted object. Yeah. What's your haunted object? I'm glad you asked, Ann. <laughs> okay, Ron. Uh, people always ask me, Ron, do you want a haunted object? <laughs> or something like that. Anyways, uh, at Spirit Quest, mm-hmm. um, we had uh, Spirit Quest this year, which it's an annual event we have, and uh, Keith and Sandra Johnson came, along with Nathan of Near, mm-hmm. and Near is a paranormal group, yes, which I can't remember what it stands for. Nate, what does Near stand for? New England Anomalies Research. New England Anomalies Research. There you go. Easy, okay. easy for you to say. So, anyways. <laughs> um, they received this haunted object. Let me bring it all the way over here. Come here, there, baby. Oh, you're so cute. Aren't Isn't you? it lovely? It's Isn't so it? pretty. Isn't it? It is. It comes all the way from Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, I wanna take. Anyways, um, okay. this this is Mary Mary Guana. Mary Guana. Named by Sandra. <laughs> and not to be confused with marijuana. What? Mary Guana. Okay, sorry. So, moving right along, <laughs> Mary Guano uh, came from a house um, 
well, let me get the story. Nia was doing, was asked to do this blessing on a house. Mm-hmm. Am I getting this right so far? Oh, good. <laughs> Nate gives me the uh, symbol. So anyways, uh, they they had had paranormal investigator in before. Mm-hmm. And uh, they heard uh, footsteps and noises, knockings, knockings. They heard, uh, smelled, stinky stuff. Stinky stuff? Yeah. That's frightening. Yeah, that's probably, <laughs> you know. And they, they always felt uncomfortable in there. They felt there was lots of negative energy, mm-hmm. and uh, especially involving Mr. Uh, Mary Iguana here, or Miss Mary. Ms. Mary Iguana, whatever. Miss Mary Iguana. She could be married, I don't know. I don't know. Looking like that? I don't think so. Oh, looks pretty good to another one. Anyways, so uh, Mary Guana, uh and anyways, they they came in, and, and Keith and uh, the uh, Ned team did an investigation. Well, they did a house blessing. I'm sorry. They did a house blessing. But, mm-hmm. oh, one of the things I forgot to mention is they also got an EVP of uh, growling, too. Ooh. According to uh, Keith. So, anyways, so they had these knockings, and they had stinky smells, and they had growlings. <laughs> And so, they'd never had these things before they brought this iguana back from Jamaica, uh, Aruba. Aruba, right. Aruba. They went on vacation and uh, brought them. And so um, they came over there, and, and Keith uh, did a blessing. Mm-hmm. So far, so good. And okay. the owner asked Keith and uh, Sandra to take uh, marijuana here, even though they didn't feel anything bad about it. So mm-hmm. uh, Keith was originally going to give them to... John Zappas. You ever heard that name before? A few yeah, times, yeah. yes. Yeah, but I, I con- name a time or two. But I coined uh, Nathan to uh, putting a bug in his ear. So, anyways, <laughs> I've got marijuana here. And uh, by the way, I just noticed something. What's that? Uh, she has a tag. She has a tag She's for on sale. It. Holy crap! You know what this marijuana costs? Sixty-nine dollars. Wow. Mm. That's interesting. Thank you. That's um. <laughs> So we, like I pay sixty nine dollars for it, but hey, it's really nice. You can yeah. touch it if you want. Uh, that's you want right. to touch my marijuana? Right. There you go. Does it say Aruba on it? What it does. does it say it says here? Aruba. Oh my god. So, anyways, <laughs> we have a, uh, we have a picture, right? Uh, do we have that picture? Um, we do the, have a picture. It says marijuana. That would that would be a good thing to have. So, can we put that picture up? All right. So, anyways, ooh, isn't that a cool picture? Yeah, it's so, kind of squishy. Sorry. Yeah. So, anyways, at SpurQuest that year, uh, I decided to do uh, marijuana staring. Oh, yes. Do you remember that? Oh, I vividly took, remember you, marijuana staring. You took part of that, right? I did. What we did, did is we took marijuana here, and we put her in the little fireplace thingy, right? Mm-hmm. And we put a candle in front of them, three yep. candles. That's, you can yep. see the That's candles in, in the there. picture, the candles. Yeah. And then we had everybody not say anything, but just stare at them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people saw things. Yeah, you know, we can lose the picture of marijuana now. Okay. I think, I think that if you stare at something long enough, you're going to see things. Yeah, okay. That's just my yep, 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 opinion. Yep. That's what you call rationalizing. That's that's fine. But I do agree, you know, sometimes you see weird stuff. Anyways, so. some people thought he moved. I actually was sitting next to him and mm-hmm. her and was watching from the angle because everybody wasn't around. And I swore there was a couple times I saw little puffs of breath. 
coming from really? marijuana. Yeah. So have you had any strange experiences since acquiring marijuana? Well, my uh, iPad doesn't boot anymore. Of course, my computer wouldn't let me in. And, <laughs> but no, no. Other no? Than that, no. So that's my little story about marijuana. So you haven't heard any footsteps? No. Or people no stinky smells, except when my son comes over. Running in and out of the house? No? Okay. Okay. All right. Don't okay. Do that. Hey. <laughs> All right. I like these hands. You like them, huh? Yeah. Dollar store. All right. I gotta visit the dollar store. Mm. Okay. So, um, what's up next on our next schedule? on our agenda? Oh, if there's any questions, by the way, you can go into Tujinet chat chat room and ask us questions, and Anne will answer them. Yes, definitely. Although I'm not seeing a chat room over there. So, chat room people, let me know if there's any chat room things going on. Okay. okay. So, in honor of Halloween, yes, we would like to tell our annual ghost story from, from Ghost a Day by Ronald Kolek and Maureen Wood. Yay! I knew you were just waiting for this. All right. got to put the specs back on, the old lady specs. Mm -hmm. All right. They kind of match my Victorian steampunk outfit, so mm. whatever. All right. So, our ghost story for this evening, which I chose because I like the name, is uh, assigned to April 24th, 1907, from Lady Elliot Island in Australia. Oh, I know that. This small Great Barrier Reef Island was discovered in 1816 by Captain Thomas Stewart and was named after his ship, Lady Elliot. A wood and iron lighthouse was built in 1873. If one ventures to the island today, not far from the lighthouse is a tiny, well-kept cemetery. Oh, that's why you like it. Cemeteries. My favorite. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, I understand now. <laughs> One of the graves belongs to Irish-born Susanna McKee. Thomas McKee and his family left Ireland, promising Susanna a better life. But his job as lighthouse keeper on Lady Elliot Island was far from what he promised. The island was barren and inhospitable. As the years passed, Susanna's constant yearning for a better life coupled with the desire to escape the isolation, became too much for her to bear. Finally, in April of 1907, she donned her best dress and plummeted into the sea. The oh, next day, sir. her husband found her body and buried her in the small cemetery. Rumors spread that Tom had pushed her to her death. But nothing, what husband would ever do nothing that? Could no, that's impossible. Shush, Van Helsing. Several years later, another lighthouse keeper, Arthur Brumpton, spied the ghost of a woman in an old-fashioned dress walking between the lighthouse and the cottage. Brumpton and his daughter saw her several times during their stay on the island, but didn't know who she was. In 1940, while Brumpton and his daughter were returning to Brisbane on a ship, the captain of the vessel decided to show them some old photographs of past inhabitants of the island. To their shock... They recognized Susanna as the spectral image they'd often witnessed wandering about the island. To this day, Susanna McKee's ghost can still be seen in the cottages, the lighthouse, and gliding across the island. Ironically, it seems that even in death, she still can't escape the loneliness and desolation of Lady Elliot Island. There that, is your ghost story. That is so sad. Isn't that? So, so sad. I know. Well, you know, what did they think? They were going out to a lighthouse on Light, an island. Lighthouses are cool. Wouldn't you be isolated? Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Some of them are worse than others. 
I suppose. Mm-hmm. I suppose. There must have been other people there if someone was there to accuse poor Tom of shoving her off Absolutely. the lighthouse into the ocean. There you go. So It's not a, it's not a giant island, but uh, I believe that it was also used for mining, uh, what do you call that, uh, seagull dung. <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, no, it has potassium or something in it, so it was really? it's actually... Yeah. Legitimately? Legitimately. Okay. Seriously. If you say so. Seriously. Look it up in your funky hey. wagnalls. Hey, whatever. Yep. All right. Okay, so what's up next? You are up. What am I doing? You are doing the top ten creepiest places. Okay, Russ, we're going to need those. All right. And you're going to start and it for I me. Have, I have to help. I have and to. And I have to help, too, I because... I have to announce the pictures. Yes, you will. All right. <laughs> I have to find them, which is even worse. All right. So... Top 10 creepiest places, beginning with number 10, St. George's Church. Ah, St. George's Church. Uh, This church was abandoned after part of the roof collapsed. That'll pretty much do it. During a funeral service, no less. Oh, no. In 1968. I remember that's when the Beatles came over, right? Uh, Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Ghost sculptures, as you can see, uh, were added by artists... Oh, crap. Kabuba Hadarava. <laughs> Why do Already I... then. Uh, they, uh, basically, the idea was to make these ghost sculptures, and they're pretty creepy, aren't they? They Look are very them. creepy. Yeah. And, and they're all in the pews. They don't move or anything. They just kind of mm-hmm. sit there. And people still go there, and they sit in the pews with these really? ghosty sculptures. Okay. It was used to uh, bring uh, tourist dollars in. Of course. Yeah, but it's it's kind of... It is very terrifying. creepy. But anyway, it's pretty creepy. All right. So, number nine of the most creepy places in the world. Snake Island. Ooh. That is wicked gross. Right. <laughs> Wait, Van Helsing is shuffling his papers. Did we get it up there? Okay. Look at another lighthouse story. All right. Really? Okay, here we go. This is uh, Snake Island. There is about one snake per square meter of island. So, you like snakes? No. Mm, too bad. Yeah. And they are all golden lancehead vipers, one of the most venomous snakes in the world. Uh. The final people on the island were the lighthouse keeper and his family, <laughs> who were killed by the snakes. Of course. <laughs> now the island is uninhabited except by the snakes. Oh, my God. That's Isn't that horrible. gross? That's yes, creepy. That's, that's, that's pretty creepy. Especially if you don't like snakes. Why do you suppose that is? That's that's very odd. Look at the light I'll see it. Ooh. All right. Anyway, so, number, number seven. 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 Of Cemetery. Oh, this is for you. I put this in there for you. Of course. And, of course, it's like 100 pages long because <laughs> Van Helsing left well, the thing at the... Well, you need to uh, do a little synopsis there. Yeah, I'll do my synopsis. Opened in 1839, Highgate, isn't it cool, is one of London's most infamous cemeteries. Originally opened as one of the magnificent seven park cemeteries. Do, uh-huh. you, do you know what a park cemetery I is? I do know what a park cemetery is. Among the impressive Victorian and Egyptian-influenced tombs are the gravestones of Karl Marx. Remember oh, him? Yeah. Science fiction author Douglas Adams, James Holman, and a sightless 19th century adventurer known as the Blind Traveler. Okay. He was the uh, pioneer of human echolocation. Okay. Oh, you don't have glasses. All right. I have no idea. Why is it creepy? 
He was able to sense his, oh, this is cool. He was able to sense his surroundings by reverb, reverberations, reverberations of a taped cane or hosses hoof beats. Hmm. All righty. Also, uh, Adam Worth, a famous criminal, was buried there. And uh, he was possibly the uh, the inspiration for Sherlock Holmes' nemesis, nemesis uh, Professor Moriarty. Aha! So, anyways, the uh, let me see if I get to the good part. Gotta be there somewhere. Yeah, it's somewhere in here. It's like twelve pages long. Oh, terrific! And anyways, so anyways, the cemetery's two buildings are constructed in an imposing Victorian Gothic style during the mid-late 1800s. It was highly sought burial ground. However, at the end of World War II, the cemetery became unagrown, unattended, overgrown, and in serious disrepair, ah. all of which led to this creepy feeling. In the 1970s, the infamous cemetery became the location for another English Gothic tradition, the horror films of the movie studio Hammer. These films regenerated public interest in cemeteries uh -huh. and stories of grave robbing, de desecration, and vampires. All right. So that's a, that's a shot of it. Okay. Check it out. It's wicked cool. All right. Yeah. So, so number six number of the most haunted places. Six. Oh, creepiest places. Creepiest places. Chapel of Bones. Oh, cool. Ooh. Chapel of Bones contains more than 5,000 monks. Monks? Monks. Wow. Not chips, monks. <laughs> and to top it off, there are two bodies hanging from ropes. Oh. One is a child. Gross. Hmm. Makes it very creepy. Wow. And as you can see, this, this uh, if you can see. We don't know why. Why are they hanging from ropes? Oh, why not? <laughs> why not? Okay. Why not? All right, are we moving along? Uh, number five. Number five. Tell me not to dwindle. Buckfastley Church. Oh. This is my favorite, right? Buckfast Slave Church. You ever hear of it? I have never heard of this. It's actually the, the uh, Church of the Holy Trinity. Okay. Our Trinity Church. All right. And um, let me see if I can dig up this little story on this. Ooh, that was cool. Hmm, I like that one. Anyway, uh, moving right along. Bob, Bob. Oh, wow. Slot on that one. Here he is, baby. Van Helsing always comes prepared, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Okay. <laughs> Perch uh, a uh, outcrop of rock overlooking Buckfast Abbey is the shell of what was the Holy Trinity Church. <laughs> Visit here on Sunday days and you'll find one of the most serene and peaceful places. All you will have for company are the jackdaws who nest in the church. Those are birdies. Okay. I figured when you said nest. Okay. Visit here after dark, though. It's another scenario. Oh. I always would like to say scenario. Scenario? Hmm. Scenario? Scenario. Tomato, potato, tomato. Potato. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is the church, like, uh, okay, this is a church that saw the intervention of the devil. Okay. Satan. Um, anyways, they began building the church, and the devil tried to stop the villagers from constructing it. Uh, but they were smart enough. They uh, they built 196 steps, so that's why the devil. Evidently, the devils have a little time 
going upstairs. She's got a problem with stairs. Yeah, right. Bad hip. Yeah, so uh, anyways. <laughs> 196 stairs. Okay. Yeah. But it's also the entomb of Squire Richard Cabell. Okay. Who lived in the 1600s. He was a local squire. Uh, he had a passion for hunting, but was a monstrously evil man. Aren't they all? Oh. He gained his reputation amongst other things, uh, amongst other things, immortality, having sold his soul to the devil. Oh. There was also a rumor that he murdered his wife. Ooh. Hey, why not? On July 5th, 1677, Apparently he passed away and yeah. was laid to rest in the sculpture, 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 S E P U L C H R E. Sepulchre? That works too. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, but the night of his interment, he uh, at the night of his interment, there was a pack of hounds that came baying across the moor oh. and howled at his tomb. <laughs> the hellhounds? The hellhounds. This okay. actually became the inspiration for Sherlock Holmes's Hounds of Baskerville. Huh? Yeah, there there's a lot to this thing, but uh, I don't want to go into it. But uh, pe people have seen uh, demonic creatures gathering around the grave, looking for their soul of their master. Wow! Uh, yeah, they put, a, they put a huge slab on them and uh, stuck to make it doubly hard for him to escape. But oh, anyways, right. it's I'm cool. Right. Look it up. All right. In your funky wagons. So they put a witch stone on him, huh? Yeah, witch stones were actually wolf stones. Wolf stone. Yeah. I People think that it's for witches and everything, but it isn't really to keep animals out, not to keep correct. the dead in. Yes, it is. Yes, okay. All right. So we're up to now. Along. Yep, number... Number four. Number four. Poveglia Island. What? Poveglia Island. Oh. Hey, you wrote it. I didn't write it. You talk funny. <laughs> how, how else would you say that? Uh, Poveglia? Poveglia. Poveglia Island. <laughs> it's, a, it's a small island near Venice that was used to quarantine as many as 160,000 people with the plague from 1793 oh. to 1814. Mass graves of the victims have been found. Napoleon used it to store weapons and to top it off in 1922 to 1968. There was a mental hospital with a doctor who had rumored to kill many patients. Nice. But... But, okay, right. this, there's actually more to this. Okay. That island had so many people buried in it that in Venice, sometimes the bones would wash up on the beaches. No, God, no. And the doctor, the mad doctor of the Asano Silent, uh -huh. fell or was pushed or jumped from the bell tower. Ah. And they say on a quiet night mm -hmm. in Venice, you can still hear that bell ringing, even though it's been it's removed. Ooh, so it's truly one of the one. creepiest places. All right. Not as cool as the compounds. Right. Number four? Number three. Wow. That's number four. This is number three, the catacombs. Ah. That was like my least favorite. Eh. It really eh. was. Skulls. Walls and walls of skulls. Yeah, it's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, it's a 200-mile-long network of, network of underground pathways beneath the streets of Paris, containing the remains of a mere six million bodies. Oh, was that all? Six million. Wow. Give or take. <laughs> Give or take. That's amazing. I'd love to go there. Yeah, this is where he came from. That's right. Our little skull baby here. Hey. Yeah, he's all French. Right. Polly So, uh... 
Correcto. Number three. We're up to, we're up to number two. I'm always a dog. Just to interject, John wants to know, can we get to these ten creepy places? John, if you've got enough money, you can get there, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, you can get there. And, and the thing is, yeah, you can on most of these. All right. Number, yeah. number Actually, two. all of them. Yes. Of course you can. Yes. Number two, Huska Castle. Oh, my God. What a mess this place is. Looks pretty cool in the picture. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? Okay. Let me find it. All right. All right. Find it. Huska Castle, known locally as the Gates of Hell. Ooh. It's in Czechoslovakia, or the Czech Republic, as it's now called. Okay. Well, probably it was thought sense. to be one of the most haunted locations in the world. Demonic entities, 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 yes. demonics, entities. Entities. Yeah. We got it. I said to be seen in the chapel, along with strange, moaning, screams, and voices. Sounds oh. like my house. <laughs> Okay. In early uh, Gothic castle, it was built in 1253 to 1278 because it took a long while to build it. I guess so. But whatever. Anyways, okay. Legend says the castle was constructed on top of a bottomless pit. Which bottomless pit. Bottomless pit. That's a pit that has no bottom. Really? Yeah. How do you build something on top of a bottomless pit? Well. You would like to know, wouldn't you? I would like to know. Yeah. So. And why would you? Why don't we ask them with the communicator? Okay, we'll ask that question yep. in a minute. Um, the legends say that it was constructed on a bottomless pit, which lo- locals believe is the gate to hell. Of course. It was said there were half-animal, half-human creatures inhabiting it with black-winged creatures and some... Uh, bats? Uh, sort of like bats. <laughs> Locals say that the castle was built to keep the evil in, and the castle's chapel was built directly over this pit or the gates of hell to okay. keep them closed. Uh, when a construction of the castle began, local prisoners, this is the cool thing, uh-huh. uh, who had been sentenced to death were invited to the site and offered a reprieve. In other words, you could be excused, excused right? All you had to do was be lowered down into the pit and then come back up and report your, t- your findings. Really? Mm-hmm. The first volunteer was lowered down, lowered down, and after only a few seconds di- disappeared into the darkness, his screams <laughs> were heard above. When, unfor- when the unfortunate fellow was pulled from the surface, his hair had gone white. Wow. And he was still screaming. Wow. Sounds like a floor director. <laughs> <laughs> The prisoner okay. was sent to insane asylum, <laughs> uh, where he died two days later. Nice. During the uh, 1930s, the Nazis took over the castle and carried out experiences, experiments on dimensional portals, or portals as we like to Otherwise say. Otherwise known as portals. Yeah. Yep. And other friends' psychic experiments. The inner courtyard, in the inner courtyard, the skeleton of three German soldiers were unearthed. All three had been executed. Wow. And it just goes on and on. Okay. Well, we need to get to number one. Okay, so number one. We're running long in the tooth here. All right, number one, creepiest place, Doll Island. I've heard of Doll Island. Isn't it creepy? I would love to go to Doll Island. I I put that on my uh, Facebook page, which Uh is Ronald Kolick, and you can join join me there. Really? Yes. Um, Don Juan Santana... Uh, was the caretaker of this island, 
and it said he found a girl that drowned in the surrounding waters. Shortly after the doll was uh, floating in the water, he hung it up in a tree to show respect for the poor little girl that died. Mm -hmm. For 50 years, 50 years, 50 about as long years. as you've been around, uh, for 50 years uh, he has hung dolls and pots of dolls. It has now become a tourist attraction. Awesome. What's that? Nothing. It's the creepiest thing you ever saw. It was the creepiest thing I've ever heard of. Okay. <laughs> so that's all I'm giving. I'm all I good. think that is a suitably creepy place. I think so. I'd I love really, to go there. I really do. Actually, I'd love to go to any of those places. It. Yes. You know, it's, of all the ones on that list, I think the catacombs is the, light, the, the least. Yeah. I bet you'd think it was pretty damn creepy. If you hey, wait a minute. We missed one. We missed one? We missed one. No, we didn't. Yes. The crosses. The crosses? Yeah, you missed one. Oh, no. Number eight, Hill of Crosses. Wow. Hurry up. Spit it out. Let's go. <laughs> I got to find the damn thing. You, I, you know, I was sitting here and... Well, you must have jumped ahead. Oh, wait a minute. Who was you count threw me off. Who was counting the numbers? All right. There's the Hill of Crosses there. Uh, Hill of Crosses. How did we miss that? I don't know. Okay, know. with about 100,000 crosses, the Pope declared it as a place of hope, peace, love, and sacrifice in 1993. But would you spend the night there? Yes. Look at it. Sure, why not? It's creepy as hell. Almost as creepy as the dolls. I don't know. Pretty sleeping bag. You'll be fine. All those crosses? Okay, we missed it. That <laughs> was right. number eight. So All right, that was number eight. Oops, we right. lost our thing. So okay. moving right along. Yeah, thank God. I don't know. There was mass chaos in the control room a minute ago. I don't know what happened. It was my fault. Um, but apparently it was Ron's fault. It was. I don't know. It I, was. They're all waving at me. All right, moving right along. Yeah, it was my fault. I have a spell. Really? I have a spell. I do. I do too. Tomato. T O M A T O. No, I I know I don't know. I know how to spell. Oh. I have a spell. All right. So So this is a good one? Ron Ron, this is this is a very easy spell, all right? Yeah. And Ron said, Would you do a spell for the show? Of course. Of course, because I think I do a spell every year. And so I'll who do you go to when you need a good spell? A witch, right? I'm not a witch. I'll don't say anything now. I don't want to hear anything from you, Van Helsing. Um, I do have many good friends who are witches. And one of our good friends yes. is our favorite West Coast witch, Marla Brooks. Marla! So I went straight to Marla. I said, Marla, Ron would like me to do a spell. I don't have a million ingredients at my disposal. And uh, can you give me a good spell? Thank God you don't need my and hair anymore. Can it be something that people would actually use? Okay. So I chose a de-stressing, not, not distressing, de-stressing spell, all right? So for, uh, let's say anti-stress, that works better. Okay, so for this spell, very simple, all right? I'm scoot up a little bit here. Okay, mm. so all the ingredients for this spell are a vanilla candle right. or... Does it have to be... Uh you know, Yankee candle. No, it can be any vanilla candle. Okay. So you need a vanilla scented candle, mm -hmm. or if you don't have a vanilla scented candle, you can use a plain white candle that you have anointed with uh, vanilla essential oil or pure 
vanilla extract. Okay, it has to be that pure stuff. It can't be that imitation. Oh, I hate that right? stuff. Okay, so I happen to have a I vanilla think candle. Okay. My my bread pudding. What are you talking about? I don't know. I'm doing me, my spell. You got me hungry. I'm sorry. Okay. So I'm gonna take the lid. Hey. Hit oh, me with it. And I pop something. Okay. I what? have my vanilla candle, and you need a small silver bell. Okay. I have a silver small silver bell. Bell. Um, don't. Bell. No. Oh no. From the land that shall but not be mentioned, called Christmas Land. Wait, I gotta put myself back together here. Okay. okay. Uh, we don't want the corset to, to to pop. Trust me. Okay. So I have a small silver bell. I do not have a silver bell, and I could not find a silver bell. So I went to Job Lot, and yes, it is a Christmas bell. Eh. It's a little bell. snowman, so I colored them all in black. Okay. So I have a little. Is that politically correct? I don't care. Okay. I don't like Christmas, and you know it. All right. So what you're going to do when you feel stressful, you're going to light your vanilla candle. Okay. Mm -hmm. Everybody's freaking out now because they're afraid I'm going to set off the smoke alarm. <laughs> but it's just a little bitty candle. Okay. So I've lit my vanilla candle. Now I'm going to take you take three deep cleansing breaths. Okay. So in through your nose, out through your mouth. Wow, blow it out, okay? Two, three. Okay, all right? Then you're going to ring your bell three times, okay? One, two, three, all right? Then you are going to repeat the incantation. Sweet, small, silver bell, I ask that you do my bidding. Tension, worry, stress, and fear, Now's the time for ridding. Calm and propriety replace the anxiety. These things I ask of thee. So mote it be. So mote it be. So mote it be. There you go. So that's your spell. That is your anti-stress spell. Can and we put that up on our Facebook page? So I was just going to say that. I know. I'm psychic. You must be psychic. Mm -hmm. <gasps> I am going to put that on our Facebook page. Facebook. Go to Ghost Chronicles-Next Generation and you will find us. And that will be the anti-stress spell. And it's free, too. And it is free. Okay. And there is, uh, she gave me another recipe for Harmony Powder, which will also help you. I did not have kind of, I had some of these ingredients, but not many of them. And I will also put that up on our Facebook page. I'm not going to go into it right here because we're getting close on time. Mm. So that is my spell. So now... You sent me the other day, right? Okay, a couple of videos. Yeah. So what happened is, uh, not this past October, I think. Well, maybe it was. I can't remember. Uh, anyways, I was contacted by a Amsterdam TV show to do an interview in Salem because I was part of the Festival of Dead then and, and doing spectral evidence. Mm -hmm. So we went into the the cemetery there, and they. Uh, asked me a bunch of questions. It was really long. And so they took one of the stories and they used it. And it got picked up all over the world. I mean, <laughs> all over the world. It was yes. in Turkey, Brazil, uh, languages I couldn't even figure out what they were. But yeah, it did. It got picked up all over the world. And so we're going to play the original uh, interview for us and then we're going to play something else. All right. So let's have the original one first. Which is Ron's video. My name is Ron Kolick. I am a paranormal investigator. 
done hundreds of cases in the years that I've been investigating the paranormal, and I've run into all types of ghosts, some angry ghosts and some children. Of all my cases I've run into, perhaps the most interesting I found were the two little children. There was a house up there that was being foreclosed by the bank, and we were up in one of the rooms, and I had an EMF meter with me, which is an electromagnetic field meter. One of the theories is that when paranormal activity occurs, there are disturbances in electromagnetic fields, and you can measure with a meter. We made contact, Maureen did, with two little children spirits. And what I ended up doing was playing hide-and-seek with them in the room. They would run behind a mirror, and I would follow them with my EMF meter, and they would go somewhere else. But there was purpose to that. They actually wanted us to find their graves. So at midnight, I gathered up the rest of the team and the homeowners, and we started walking through the woods. And we came upon this lost graveyard with just about a half a dozen graves in it. It was deep in the woods. And in the graveyard were two little stones of children. And after we kind of got there, the EMF meter went quiet, and everything went quiet. So it was, it was they want us to find their graves. The interesting thing is we have a research department that did uh, looked up the cemetery, and we, and we found that the names on the graves, because they were worn out by that time, belonged to two children, and the same names that Maureen had, had picked up. Look at that, huh? That was pretty So cool. anyways, that was the one they played all over the world in many different languages. And then there was this, which was done by a British... Uh, Ron Coleg, a professional paranormal investigator from Salem in Massachusetts, has spilled the beans on the scariest ghost story yet. Hi everyone, I'm Danny Burke, talking to you today about a big old scary ghost story that's so scary it sends little ghost stories scared back to their ghost story parents. I don't know what the hell I just said, but we got a full story for you right here on IO. Okay guys, Halloween coming up soon, so I want to know from you guys, what has been your favourite Halloween costume ever? Now, did you come up with it, or was it one of your friends who beat you to it? Either way, let me know in the comments below. So Salem is a town that is no stranger to spooky stories. It's famous for its 1692 witch trials, where several locals were executed for allegedly practicing witchcraft. It's also the namesake of Salem Saberhagen, the cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah, I know, terrifying. But apparently the scariest story of all time has been hidden in that town by a guy called Ron Kolek, and he calls it the story of the two children. Not the catchiest title, but let's not judge. Let's see, uh, let's see where it goes from here. So the story goes that years ago there was a house in Salem being foreclosed by a bank. Ron and his team were up in one of the rooms. They made contact with two spirits who revealed themselves as children. Now at this point, I would be long gone. I'd be out of there. I think I've already mentioned on IO that child ghosts are the scariest ghosts of all time they're about 11 out of 10 on the nope scale just nope but this didn't phase ron who actually started to play with them they played hide and seek together ron would chase with his emf reader behind mirrors and doors and they would move on when he caught them playing with ghosts ron that sounds really fun but it wasn't all fun and games ron said that after they finished playing the ghosts they actually wanted him to find their graves the team followed the emf reader through some dark woods to find the graves and sure enough they found a forgotten graveyard with two little headstones and the emf reader went deadly silent the clincher the names on the gravestones were the same names as the ones back of the house Whoa. Now was that a coincidence or was Ron and the gang actually led to the graves of these two little children? Let me know 
know what you guys think though, does this sound legit? Do you need more proof like I do? I don't know who or what to believe anymore. I think the only way to solve this is to have some actual comments from ghosts. So if you're a ghost and you're watching this, just leave a comment down below. Let's clear this up once and for all. Do you exist? <laughs> and I chopped him off at the end there. So, very funny. I thought it was pretty very cool. Funny. I enjoyed it. Steve, Steve <laughs> says, why would you ever put that on there? I says, I liked it. So anyways, we have not? a quick question before we uh, introduce our guest. We evening. do. Uh, Russ wants to know, how could you look up spells? Um, I basically uh, have just Googled spells before, but there's a lot of books out there. A lot there. of books. Um, I've got a couple on my shelves at home. I know, I think I have one, uh, Christian Day's. Uh, I, uh, Jude, Jude Zydeca has one that is this thick. Judica Isles. Isles. Yep, she has a huge one, which I have a copy of. And I'll Marla has everyday uh, spells. Marla Brooks. Yep. yep. Uh, Google Marla Brooks. She has a, a, a few There's a lot. There's spells. a ton of them. Yes. The steam, steampunk spells. Internet. Yep. All kinds of stuff. All right. And the next question is, uh, when did Ron make this video? I don't remember. A couple years ago. I, I Is it two years or one year? I think it was two years ago. Yeah. One year. One year? One year. Okay. Last October. And already a parody has been made. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I didn't find that till like early this year, and I was like, oh, this is a riot. All right. So it. we're drawing to the end of our show, and something that we always do every year. We do? Uh, Sacrifice a virgin? No. No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, we would like to welcome... Nathan Mayer. Yay! He's sitting next to me. You'll see him in a minute. Maybe. Maybe. There he is. Yay, Nate. And Nate is here with us and he's going to do his annual top 10 horror movies, right? Uh, top 10 Halloween movies. Halloween movies. Either movies to watch on Halloween or my belief uh, captures the Halloween spirit. Oh. And all the movies are... Various and age appropriateness. Excellent. Top, uh, number 10, Carmine, with its vivid stop motion animation combined with Neil Gaiman's imaginative story, Carmine is a film that both visually and stunningly and wondrously entertaining. It's about a girl who finds another world that is strangely idealized version of her frustrating home, but it has its sinister secrets. Number 9, The Sixth Sense. M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan's The Sixth Sense is a twisty ghost story with all the style of classical Hollywood picture and all the chills of a modern horror flick. It's about a boy who communicates with spirits that don't know they're dead and seeks the help of a disheartened child psychologist. Number eight, Halloween. Scary, suspenseful, and thrilling. Halloween set the standard for modern ho uh, horror films. It's set on Halloween night in 1963. Six-year-old Michael Myers stabbed his sister to death. Ew. After sitting in a mental hospital for 15 years, Myers escapes and returns homes, home to kill. N number seven, The Shining. The Shining is a chilling, chilling, often broke journey into madness and exemplified by the unforgettable turn by Jack Nicholson. It's a about a family who heads to a hotel for the winter where an evil presence influences the father into violence where his son sees the horrific and foreboding um, visions from the past and of the future. I love that movie. 
Number six, <laughs> Edward Scissorhands, the first collaboration between Johnny Depp and Tim Burton. Edward Scissorhands is a magical modern fairy tale with gothic overtones and sweet center. It's about a gentle man with scissors for hands and is brought to a new community after living in isolation. Number five, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Wes Craven intelligent premise combined with the horrific visual appearance of Freddy Krueger still causes nightmares to this day. It's about teenagers who are stalked and killed in their dreams and unaware of the cause of this strange phenomenon, but their parents do. Number four, Ghostbusters, an affectionately fun blend of special effects and comedy with Bill Murray's hilarious deadpan performance leading a cast of great comic turns. It's about three former parapsychology professors who set up shop as a unique ghost removal service. Love it. Number three, <laughs> Monsters, Inc. Clever, funny, and delighted to look at. In order to power the city of the monsters, the monsters have to scare children so they can scream. However, the children are toxic to the monsters. And after... A child gets through, two monsters realize things may not be what they seem. Number two, The Nightmare Before Christmas. The Nightmare Before Christmas is a stunningly original and visually delighted work of stop-motion animation. It's about a character named Jack Skellington, king of Halloween Town, stumbles upon Christmas Town and decides to celebrate the holiday with some dastardly and comical consequences. And the number one movie of this year is The Exorcist. The Exorcist ah. rides its supernatural theme to magical effect with remarkable special effects and eerie atmosphere, resulting in one of the scariest films of all time. It's about a girl who is possessed by a mysterious entity, and her mother seeks help of two priests to save her daughter. And just so uh, those who are watching The Exorcist TV series on Fox... Spoiler alert, it does connect to the movie. Really? Yeah. Okay. Fine. Awesome. Whatever. Nice job, Nate. Yay. Anyways, Nate, I noticed you had six cents there. How come you didn't have the others? <laughs> the, 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 the six cents is a little bit better. You mean the other five senses? No, the others. <laughs> others is actually a movie. Oh, the others. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. That's oh, what yes. I said, the others. Well... I didn't have time to do 25 movies in <laughs> the other films. Uh, there you go. He only had time so anyways, to 10. All right, that was pretty good, Nate. Uh, I don't agree with it, but that's fine. <laughs> I don't know why Monster Inc. is a Halloween movie. There's right. monsters in it. Well, there's monsters in it. Yeah, do so? We have, do we have time to call up? Our crew is dressed up tonight. Oh, yeah. Anybody wants to come up and crew, look, come look up ridiculous? Crew, come up and see me. I know. we got to wind it up. Come out and see us. Come out. Whoever wants to come up and come on screen. Go yes, ahead, Jack. Please Go do. ahead and ask on. Where's your mask? Go get your mask.